Speaking of college hoops, we'll bring in Jeff Goodman of Stadium. He knows just about everything when it comes to college basketball. Let's be honest. He is one of the premier names when it comes to college hoops. And I want to start with Kansas. Uh, they're now up to number four in the country, moved up a few spots. And I'm looking at their odds right now to win the national title all the way down at 16 to one. How would you compare Kansas this year to Kansas last year? You know, they're, they're completely different, but uh, what they have is, is Bill Self coaching them. And he's probably the best coach in the country, not named Rick Pitino. Uh, and last I checked, Rick Pitino's at Iona. He's not going to contend for a national <laughs> title. Uh, but what Self has, you know, the, the biggest thing was we didn't know what he had up front. And, and they don't really have a traditional post guy, and he's usually had two of them. So they've gone small with K.J. Adams at, at the five. And what they can do is they can switch everything defensively. But they've also got a true point guard. And this is the worst in all my years of covering college basketball. This is by far the worst point guard crop I've ever seen. And they got DeWan Harris, who was a key contributor last year for that national title team. Not a great offensive player, but terrific defensively and just makes people better. So he's going to make Jalen Wilson better. Kevin McCullough, who transferred from Texas Tech, he, he gives him easier shots. Grady Dick has been awesome. Probably the second best freshman in the country so far. 6'8", shoots the absolute uh, crap out of the ball, shooting about 47% from three. He'll be a lottery pick, in my opinion, uh, after his freshman year. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Grady Dick. I was talking to somebody from an NBA team, and I asked them what they thought. I'd love to get your perspective on this, too. If he actually had more facilitators to get him to the spots he needed to get the ball and didn't have to do a lot of that himself, how much do you think he could be averaging, and how do you think that would have affected his uh, draft stock? Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, here's the comparison I'll give you is Corey, Corey Kispert went 15th. Now, again, Corey Kispert shouldn't have gone 15th, but he did. <laughs> you know, and Corey Kispert was a senior out of Gonzaga who, honestly, defensively, uh, Grady Dick has a chance to be a lot better defensively. He's more athletic. You can see that. He's not one-dimensional as a shooter. And, again, he's only a freshman. So I think NBA guys absolutely love this kid because he's got the size – the ability to space a court, and again, he can put it on the floor and has the ability to be an average defender. So, to me, if Corey Kispert went 15th, I think Grady Dick has a chance to crack the top 10. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, without Benedict Matherin and uh, and Christian Coloco, is this version, because Arizona's sort of been surprising without those two, do you think that their upside or what they could be this year with the chemistry that they've had so far early is a, is a worse team, slightly worse, better Right, right around the same. No, they're worse. Yeah. They're not as good. They're not as good, Trista. I mean, again, you lose Matherin, who's a top five pick. You yeah. lose Coloco, who's, you know, a good NBA player. Defensively, he might have been the best defender in the country last year. And remember, Dalen Terry. Yeah. Like, didn't put yeah. up great numbers, but kind of a Swiss Army knife who ended up going in the first round. Um, so you lose three NBA guys. And, and to me, they don't have that NBA talent. What yeah. they've got is two big guys, two Bellis and Umar Balo. Kirk Creesa, if you want to watch the best trash talker in college basketball, <laughs> watch Kirk Creesa. He's got the headband um, from Estonia, point guard. He's kind of up and down, but he thinks he's the best player in the court every night. I don't know if you guys remember, he played against Luka yeah. in, in in the under, whatever it was, the, the, the national team mm -hmm. this past summer, and he was talking shit to Luka, and then Luka obviously, you know, killed him. But the kid didn't back down. 
Jeff, what are your thoughts on Kentucky? And can they fix what they got going on offensively right now? 55th in the nation, and that probably looks a lot worse if they didn't hang 96 on North Florida to open up the season. They're great defensively, top five according to Ken Palm. But bet them against UCLA. I think they scored, what, 55 points in that game? You think they could uh, turn things around there? It's a joke offensively. And and I've, yeah. I've always said this. You know, John Calipari with more talent has a chance. John Calipari with equal talent, I'm not betting on him. Um, and that's my worry. Oscar Sheboy, they don't have enough shooting. You know, you got Oscar Sheboy out there. He's not a shooter. You got Jacob Toppin, Obi's brother, not a shooter. Severe Wheeler, their point guard, not a shooter. They've got two shooters in CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves. I'd throw them both out there to space the court. They don't run anything. That That's the thing. Yeah. When you talk to any coach uh, around the country that plays Kentucky, it's what, you know, his famous dribble drive, I mean, dribble drive. What the hell is that? I need better players than you. We're going to we're gonna let him create off the bounce, whether it's John Wall or whoever, and, and make a play. That's what the dribble drive is. I mean, come on. Talking to Jeff Goodman on BetMGM tonight. Uh, we're watching Duke right now down nine at Wake Forest. They're the 14th team in the country. I, I, I get it. They've fallen a lot from the start of the year. There were certainly expectations because it's Duke. But it's not Coach K anymore. It's John Shire. When you look at this Duke team, what do you think of the job John Shire has done so far as head coach? I think he's been fine. I mean, remember what a young team he's gotten tonight. He doesn't have Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively, uh, both going to be first-round picks uh, in next year's NBA draft. Lively hasn't been great. Uh, and Whitehead, same thing. He needs to be that kind of alpha dog, that guy that can, on the perimeter, make a play off the bounce because that's not what Jeremy Roach is. So both of those guys missed significant time in the preseason as well as freshmen. So I think Shire's done. Like if I were grading John Shire, I'd probably give him a B, B plus so far. Uh, obviously, you look at the talent, a ton of it. They're, they're too young. That's that's the biggest thing. You've got a team that's too young with a coach who's a rookie who, oh, by the way, he's not getting the calls that Coach K got, obviously. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, UNC? Because – I think at last, yeah, last year there were moments where we didn't even know if they were going to make the tournament. There was a lot of indictment uh, in terms of the coaching with Hubert Davis. They sneak in and obviously make the, the historic run that they made. But they have not looked good this year. How do you assess the coaching? How do you assess this team? Well, that's the biggest thing, right? Last year you said it. You know, the first, like, three and a half months they were mediocre. They're probably going to get in as, like, an 11 seed, maybe 12 seed. And then I was there that day when they, they ended Coach K's uh, home career at Cameron. Shocked the world, right? And everything flipped. Without that, Carolina is not going to go on the run, in my opinion, that they went on. They needed that game to, to get their confidence, to feel good, to play together, to play with intensity and emotion. And they did that for the last month of the season. And then this year, we all anointed them the number one team. I don't know why the hell I did, but I did. I fell for it. And uh, ultimately, they picked up kind of where they, they left off last season, not playing together, not having fun. I was out there in Portland uh, when they almost went 0-3. Yeah. I mean, they should have lost to Portland out there. So this Carolina team, the win the other day, Pete Nance hits a shot to force overtime, and they end up winning in overtime against Ohio State. We'll see what that can do. Maybe that can flip them a little bit to where they have a little bit more fun. They need to play together. They need to share the ball, and Caleb Love needs to stop taking so many crazy shots. Yeah, chucker. Yeah, Jeff, you can't yeah. stop Zach Eady. Is this a year I should uh, trust Matt Painter in the tournament? I mean, I know they're unbeaten right now. Purdue looks really good right now. How do you, how do you stop that guy other than getting him in early foul trouble? You don't. 
Yeah, you don't. You don't. I mean, it's crazy. Seven four. I was actually talking to his mom. I'm, I'm going to write a story on him uh, here in the next few weeks. And think about this. The kid grew up playing baseball and hockey. You know, he's from Canada. <laughs> so grew up playing hockey. And eventually she said it was tough because he couldn't play hockey. He got too big to play hockey. Even skiing. They used to go on family trips. And she was like, he got too big. Couldn't ski. So finally, he's he's like felt good about something because he only started playing basketball like five years ago, guys, in Canada, five years ago. And think of the progress he's made. He's the national player of the year if the season ended today, and nobody can dispute that. Purdue, I don't – listen, guys, here's the the deal right now with college basketball. There's like 15 or 20 teams Mm -hmm. that all have a chance to win this – the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not even talking get to the Final Four. There's that little separation. You know, I love Houston – Mm-hmm. We're watching UConn like you guys were talking about. Um, now, what I will say is anybody uh, betting this week on college basketball, be very, very careful because it is it was finals last week, and mm-hmm. now you've got the Christmas break coming. And kids are looking forward to getting home to see their you know, buddies or girlfriends or whatever, families. So be very, very careful <laughs> betting this week. Sometimes we all get distracted when there's time off. I think it's just human nature, so there's no question. Uh, Mississippi State just suffered their first loss to Drake. Uh, is are they? Is Mississippi State overrated, and is Drake the team to beat in the Missouri Valley right now? Yeah, Mississippi State was absolutely overrated. Um, even talking to Chris Jans, their new coach, I think he even felt like, I don't know how good we are yet. We got a couple good wins. They beat Marquette. Uh, they've done a hell of a job coming out of the gates, but – You know, sometimes this happens, guys. And then look at Iowa State last year, right? They were so good coming out of the gates. Nobody saw it coming. They end up going to the NCAA tournament, getting to the Sweet 16, but they were not great in the Big 12. So, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes because of the schedule, the non-conference. You know, Missouri, before they got blasted by Kansas, people were talking about Missouri being a tournament team. I'm like, they've beaten nobody. They played nobody. Mississippi State actually played a, a couple of decent teams. But they're going to come down to earth. I want to get your thoughts uh, on the Big Ten as a whole. We talked about Purdue. They've been really bad in, per- in tournament play in previous years. Do you think this year is different? No, probably not. Probably not. I, I hope so for my daughter's sake because she's a freshman in Indiana. But uh, their their point guard, Xavier Johnson, is probably going to be out a while, guys. Uh, they're playing tonight. I don't even know who they're playing. We're, we're not even watching that game. That, I think they're playing Elon. They were favored by 30 and a half points. Uh, and they're without Trace Jackson Davis as well. Yeah. You know, the Big Ten's got a lot of good teams, but they don't have a lot of great teams. And in, in fact, I'm not sure they have a great team. Purdue obviously is number one or two right now, but I still want to see if Purdue can stay there, right? They're young. Their, their backcourt's been awesome so far. Um, but I, I think, that freshman backcourt could hit a little bit of a wall at some point this year. We'll see. Um, so a lot of good teams. Michigan State, not great, right? Yeah. Izzo didn't go to the portal. They're, they're just kind of mediocre for the most part. Indiana showing themselves is yeah. not as good as what we thought. Illinois, really up and down. And they've got some chemistry issues, it sounds like, between uh, their coach, Brad Underwood, and some of the players. And Kind of him calling them out publicly. I don't think they're happy about that. Uh, Jeff, we've got about two minutes left. What are your early thoughts on Villanova year one without Jay Wright? I mean, they got some big games coming up. St. John's, they get Villanova, they get, uh, I'm sorry, they get Connecticut, then they get Marquette. Uh, early thoughts on them. 
Yeah, I mean, Jay Wright knew when yeah. when to leave. Um, <laughs> you know, Kyle Neptune takes over, inherits a brutal situation, right? I mean, following Jay Wright is one thing, but you're following him without Cam Whitmore to start the year, the most talented player, freshman, who, who will be a, a lottery pick. And they don't have a point guard, guys. You know, Justin Moore's out till probably January or February. He's not really a point guard. They don't really have a point guard. Um, Ryan Archie Diakono's brother, Chris, is more suited to be a, a backup, you know, limited minutes guy, and he's been thrust to play 30 minutes a game. This Villanova team, if if Kyle Neptune can take this team to the tournament, he's done one hell of a job this year. All right, got about a minute with you. I do want to just throw this team in there real quick. James Madison, it's kind of a local team for us where our area right. is in the D.C. area. Uh, what do you think of that program? How much of them have you actually watched? Not much. I mean, they, they've, they've beaten some non-D1s. Their net is really high. Their net is 51, but you got to understand teams can manipulate the net. And here's how they do it. When they're playing other teams that they can run it up against, they do. And the scoring margin of the net, which is a tool that NCAA introduced a few years ago, the scoring margin's capped at 10, but efficiency numbers are not capped. So, for instance, some teams are going to put their walk ons on late and not run it up. Other teams are going to keep their starters in, try to run up so they can get those efficiency numbers up at the end of the game. I think that's what James Madison, I'm not saying they've run it up with, with non-walk-ons, but they have run it up, which has helped their net. He's Jeff Goodman, Stadium. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. You got it. Thanks, jo- guys. Join us on the getmyphoenix.com guest line. Yeah. Got to do that more. Yeah. Gotta he brought up an interesting more. point. That guy. Uh, brought up an interesting point about uh, – finals and guys getting ready for breaks and everything yeah something to think about something to dogs, think about going dogs into games over these finals yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take it easy college hoops this week well i say Very that i say careful. that right now until i'm snowed in ryan's got miami plus five and a half tonight against virginia i bet I was, I was no I, I actually stayed away from that i was looking at uh miami tonight though <laughs> i like miami i stayed away though we didn't ask about virginia we will next time <sighs> meet virginia